Hey, people, happy Valentine's Day, and That's welcome right. back to Mormon Talk. Welcome back. It's been a while, Dave, since we've done a threesome. I mean, now that Mitch is with us, we kind of do a threesome every show, I guess. But, uh, yeah. And a couple foursomes, but he's out with family, so... It's, no, he's working. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he's working, so it's back down to a threesome. So, give it up for our next threesome, everybody. Yeah. Woo-hoo. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we're going to have a special guest. Her name is Cindy, a friend of Dave's. And I've gotten to know Cindy as well. So uh, it's going to be a great threesome today here. Let's kick it off first, Dave, with a little bit of LDS Church in the news. Very nice. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Now my yes, vocal cords are thank you. ready. Exactly. couple articles today I wanted to share with everybody. First one, Fox 13. I know that turns people off immediately sometimes, <laughs> depending on whether you're a fan or not. Pretty much. Pretty uh, much. Fox 13 yeah. investigates how LDS Church Investment Fund made $6 billion in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Are you ready for this? A new filing wow. with the US Securities and Exchange Commission shows the Church of Jesus Christ big investment fund made money in 2020. The fund, called Ensign Peak Advisors, grew mm-hmm. by 6.2 billion dollars, finishing the year with 44 billion. Here's the thing though, like normally if they made 44 billion in a year, you would have to pay taxes on your increase on your gains. Right. And, uh, yeah, gain gain what's it called something capital gains, gains tax? Capital gains. Yeah. yeah. Capital gains tax. And yeah. whether you're a uh, you know for-profit or not organization, you have everybody has to pay taxes on capital gains. Well, we talked about this whole thing with the 100 billion dollar fiasco etc which is now at least at 144 billion right i have yeah. a guess that it's a lot higher than that anyway the whole fiasco there back when we talked about it earlier was the fact that the church was not paying all the taxes they should be paying on their gains yeah, they were right. submitting you know low much lower right yeah the- the the facts is on taxes that one where mm-hmm. you know we di- disputed whether the church should be able to retain a tax free status. Yeah. Well, that's not that's not exactly what we're talking. We're talking about no as as a a, a, a corporation. Mm-hmm. You have to pay capital gains tax. That's now, right, so. and they haven't been. But now that they're in the limelight, maybe they'll actually start paying the taxes they should be paying. Uh, it says Ensign Peak. Only, <laughs> well, yeah, I I do too. Ensign Peak only began issuing quarterly reports a year ago, meaning Friday's filing is the first time the church's members can track Ensign Peak's annual performance. Oh, the fund is the largest component of stock portfolio, estimated at 100 billion in 2019. Quote: It's about building a reserve fund for the church, Presiding Bishop Gerald Cosse said in a church-produced video in 2019. And ultimately, all of those funds will be used for church purposes. So this is about preparing for the future. <laughs> yeah, that's which, which is uh, the second coming 
and everyone needs a pocket full of money for that right to get through what the hell yeah what yeah well they have to build the new jerusalem that's going to be expensive. oh hell yeah that's gonna that's gonna cost and then and then uh the uh translation process itself they're charging for that now so if you're beamed up yeah yeah there's a fee now so yeah and they also charge uh, for the translation process of translating documents (laughs) <laughs> because nobody can do that anymore evidently well Maybe. we could talk to mark hoffman about that oh that's true we'll have to we'll have to do a seance and talk to mark about that so here's the here's the second news article today in the salt lake tribune unholy war colon is desnat an online platform for defending the lds church or a launching pad for extremists so I had what? not heard of Desnat, and together, and with our audience who may not know who they are, we'll learn who they are in a moment here. And I thought this was kind of interesting. Subtitle of the article, Fears are Rising After Capital Siege, Though These Internet Battles Focus More on Piety Than Politics. I had never heard of Desnat, so D-E-Z-Z, Zebra, Nat, N-A-T. And so this is what no. it is. So, yeah. so to, to better understand what Desnat is, it helps to know first what it isn't. It is not, strictly speaking, an alt-right political group. It is not a club for disenchanted Latter-day Saint Republicans. <laughs> it is not a haven the- for Donald <laughs> Trump loyalists. It is not necessarily a refuge for white nationalists, anti-maskers, or anti-vaxxers. <laughs> this is all the things that it's not though some adherents appear to identify with all these viewpoints. It is rather a Twitter hashtag, hashtag Desnat, short for Deseret Nation. So that's what it sounds okay. for. That, that has, uh, yeah. yeah, Deseret, yeah. yeah. Okay. That, has, that has popped up hundreds of thousands of times on the internet. Well, obviously not enough that I've seen it, but that's okay. Created in August 2018, the hashtag enlists loosely aligned, self-appointed warriors to defend the doctrines and practices of the Church of Jesus Christ. Their battlefield is the internet. They blog, post, tweet, and share memes, slapping the hashtag Desnet identifier on Facebook groups, websites, podcasts, and YouTube channels, triggering pushback from anxious onlookers. Here's another little thing on it. The official Desnet user guide insists the hashtag simply signifies, quote, unapologetic, unquote, support for Jesus Christ, church founder Joseph Smith, current president Russell M. Nelson, and the faith's family proclamation, which spells out divinely designated roles for men and women. That's what they're about. So here's a quote from one of the dudes. It is a rallying point, not a monoculture. Adam Eberts told the Salt Lake Tribune on Twitter. It probably would have been helpful in the article to talk about who Adam Eberts is. I missed that they do. Maybe they do later, but... Quote, the degree to which each user follows prophetic counsel in their public and personal lives is going to vary widely. I don't think anyone who uses hashtag Desnet lines up with each other 100% of the time, unquote. Uh, Still, the hashtag and the at times harsh rhetoric, particularly associated with far right sentiments, can create anxiety among those targeted and occasionally draws law enforcement attention. On January 6th, as a mob carrying alt-right banners stormed the U.S. Capitol, a Desnet tweeter stated, quote, we are here at the Capitol. We have our flags. We are supporting Trump today, tomorrow and forever. 
Wow. Wow. So there, so there are some of them that are that extreme. Yes, exactly. Uh, Uh, But you know, this, this sparked a thought which I had entertained in the past, but only slightly. And that is, you know, look at the past history of the church. Is there an opportunity? Well, maybe that's the wrong word. a, A chance that we will see various factions breaking away from the church who are not completely leaving part of its doctrine, theology, and so forth, like in the early days of the church. Yep. Maybe we're, we're going to see a new round of that. I, that's a, a fascinating thought and a real possibility. It is. I agree with you. I think it's kind of happened, yeah. right? It started to happen. Yeah. The whole Denver well, Snuffer thing. Uh, you know, yeah. they they held to most of the doctrine, but they were just kind of part of the whole Denver Snuffer movement was that the church has kind of fallen away from some of the uh-huh. true doctrine. And st- but they held to, yeah, I think we'll keep seeing it. I, I really do. Um, here's yeah. a couple more quotes here. J.P. Bellum, who coined the hashtag Desnat, tweeted, quote, never let the media tell you that violence isn't effective. We've just seen both sides this year show that it is. Expect more of it as the ruling class gets more distanced from reality, unquote. Interesting. So, um, so Brigham's right, you know, cut off their heads, hang their scrotum from the fucking doorpost. It works. <laughs> Yeah, uh, here's here's a couple more quotes I thought were interesting. Quote, in the past two weeks, my life has been threatened over and over and over and over. Let's see, one, two, three, four overs. Yes, said one recipient of Desnet Wrath, Billy D., a former Latter-day Saint who, fearing for his safety, asked not to be further identified. Quote, I have barely eaten in the last 10 days, unquote. Uh <laughs> That sounds like a Gandhi or something. What yeah, the hell? I, I guess he just means he's so nervous or I, I don't know. Um, but that's, that's healthy. Yeah. There's a sign that what they're doing is, is healthy and balanced right there. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more things because this is actually a, a kind of a lengthy article. Desnat has served as a, quote, sort of bat signal, calling upon a cloud-based militia to help besieged colleagues or organize against perceived rising threats to the church and its members, unquote. Latter-day Saint blogger Marianne Clements wrote on Wheat and Tares last summer. These enemies can be ideological, for example, pornography, secularism, feminism, LGBTQ plus movements, the Black Lives Matter moon, etc., or actual individuals. Okay. A couple other headings as we roll through the article. One heading, range of Desnet tweeters, how Desnet compares to alt-right, and then tracking Desnet tweets, how Desnet frightens foes. It's quite the article here. Last year, I, I don't you know, see it being a ultimately, uh, I don't, see it ending well or no. i don't know if it will end no, I but don't. ultimately i i see a lot of nasty shit surfacing hmm. but i may be wrong so i have to share this piece okay the essence of desnat said a podcaster named haas with a red white and blue proposed utah flag on the wall behind him 
Red, white, and blue proposed Utah flag is to, quote, have fun while sharing the gospel online, unquote. Last month, a a Desnatter produced a clip from, quote, Inglorious Bastards, in which a Nazi is brutally beaten with Delin's name and photo edited on the German soldier. We heard about that. And Kwaku actually reposted that and and laughed about it online, which got him in trouble. He uh, should be in jail. Yeah, he he should. Delin says he reported the retweeted clip to police and the FBI. One of Desnet's most sustained online assaults against an individual has been aimed at Brigham Young University undergrad Calvin Burke, who self-identifies as gay and as an LGBTQ ally. He has a lively Twitter account, more than 10,000 followers. Desnet users routinely insult him, sometimes with crude sexual language and threaten violence. One man talked about wishing to beat him up. They have doxxed him over and over. Doxing, for those who don't know, is giving personal identifying information and documents out to the world. Uh, Repeatedly trying to get him fired from his job at the school's Neil A. Maxwell Institute for Religious Scholarship. I'm surprised that institute allows him to continue there being open the way. Last year, Bellum offered a hypothetical bounty of $1,000 for any information leading to Burke's expulsion from BYU. (laughs) Quote, it has been really difficult. The thought of unwittingly sitting beside someone in a college class who has made a meme depicting physical harm would be terrifying to anyone, Burke said. It's already difficult for me to be an active LGBTQ member of the church and BYU student without this, unquote. Well, I guess I would just say this, and I know this isn't the point of the article, Dave, back to what you and I have said a million times. If you're openly gay, you're not a full believing member of the church. It's as simple as that. You can't be both. Yeah, but they think they can. Yeah, but they can't, right? When, (laughs) when When you have a lifestyle that prohibits you from getting a temple recommend and following what the brethren say, including the proclamation to the family, then the religious belief system isn't for you. And that's okay. See, that's the part I can't understand is why the need to persevere with a system that's basically diametrically opposed to your lifestyle. Yeah. Why? What the hell... Can you possibly gain from that? I, yeah, I don't get I don't, it. I don't get it either. Yeah, I really yeah. don't. Anyway, Dave, I really want to hear, and I know Cindy's chomping at the bit behind the curtain over there. Let's get a little bit of for your information. Now, we are in the modern age. It is 1966. And so this stuff starts to really affect me because I can remember. Yes, I'm that old. Anyway, 1966, (laughs) Mark E. Peterson publishes in the Church News an unsigned, check that out, unsigned editorial on March 26th. The LDS Church has nothing to do with birchers, avoids extremes and extremists. Apostle Harold B. Lee also attacks the Birch Society and indicates that the unnamed Benson is not in harmony with his quorum. The unnamed Benson being the one that would soon preside over 
the church. So before before they become the prophet, it's okay to throw him under the bus. Yeah. yeah. And I do recall that when he was set a, set apart, or they no, they still can't figure out what to do, ordain or set apart anyway. <laughs> that that I do I do remember all these mumblings and grumblings from the older men and I'm like what the hell what what's yeah what's that all about and that's what it was about is they were like well this guy what the fuck I mean you know he shouldn't be in there well there it is because he simply had some strong views about politics which supposedly has nothing to do with the LDS church all right. Another personal note. This is interesting. The spring of 1966, the first issue of Dialogue, a journal of Mormon thought. Now, the reason I mention this is that I have still several copies of that uh, magazine, Dialogue, mm -hmm. and it was one of those transitioning type of readings and I would imagine that some of our listeners have also read things like that. Sunstone, dialogue, things that weren't actually actively against Mormonism, but certainly caused you to do a, a Scooby tweak. Yeah. And, and a what? What? You know, a, a just a new and educated, for the most part, way of looking at things, pulling back. You know, I'm going to read this right now. This is just a thought that really explains in part what we're doing with our podcast. To really understand something is to be liberated from it. Mm, yep. And we are pursuing a true understanding of Mormonism. So let's go down to April 29th. This is fun. BYU president Ernest L. Wilkinson makes his first reference in his diary to receiving reports from the student spy ring that he has authorized and which becomes national, a national scandal within 10 months. Among liberal professors targeted is economist Richard B. Worthlin, who resigns from BYU in protest, serves as a political strategist for the conservative U.S. President Ronald Reagan, and becomes a general authority in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> oh Again, what are your qualifications? Oh, hell yeah, let's make him a general authority. I, whatever, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, a oh my ring. God. Uh, while I'm on that, let, let's just read this other <laughs> thing. This is from 1967, but it's related to that entry there. Brigham Young University student publicly admits that under direction of BYU's president, he and 10 other undergraduates committed classroom espionage on eight professors to document their liberal political convictions. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, good for them. <laughs> okay, real, the real quick, we're going to buzz through three or four here, because i got to get to 67, Yeah, the summer of love, the summer of love. Aww. Okay. Okay, June 22nd, dedication of church's storage vaults in Granite Mountains of Little Cottonwood Canyon. The vaults are intended to withstand nuclear explosions in the event of war. So they also store what? Originally microfiche, 
yeah. records of genealogical records and who knows what the hell's really going on up there. Didn't we do an uh, episode, a podcast episode no, on that? We, we mentioned it when we they started building it. it. I yeah. think it was. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I thought we did one. I don't know. I don't know. It's um it's worthy we of did. it. We did. Yeah. Yeah, we did talk about it, but this is this is the dedication in 1966. Yeah. Okay, August 15th, first presidency letter that after the expiration of one year from the date of death, temple ordinances may be performed for all deceased persons except those of known negroid blood. <laughs> With check this out without the consideration of worthiness or any other qualification so it persists oh my it, god yeah <laughs> are you fucking kidding me it just will not go away I, have i mentioned something every every podcast pretty much i think so yeah pretty much pretty much yeah wow. it's it's ridiculous unbelievable okay yeah. So, so this happened recently in church history, and I guess it happened in 1966. The first presidency said, effective immediately, we are ending all missionary farewells and LDS meetings. Do you remember so, when they did that back? Uh, what? Well, I, I was still in the church, so yeah, about but 15 you know years ago. Like, yeah, so it must they must have quit it and then restarted it? reinstated it yeah yeah and that was a big deal that yeah. was a big deal it was all you man you there you were in the limelight the pulpit was yours yeah. you're being sent on a mission you're god's favorite son or daughter to yep. be fair and uh yeah it was a big deal so now and i'll probably just introduce it with a couple entries but 1967 the beatles Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band comes out. A week later, Jimi Hendrix Are You Experienced comes out. Wow. There's a whole hell of a lot more that happened that year. I mean, this is this is a big year historically in the US and you know globally, actually. Yeah. So just real real quick, th this is just an oddity here. Church News honors Max Woodbury. For 50 years, service as branch president. Oh, my God. 50 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> 50 years. Nobody else, either as counselors or, or anyone else, was qualified, apparently. So he just stayed there. <laughs> my God. Oh my a God. poor bastard. 50 years. Think of all the revelations he must have got. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, we'll end with one more, and this is just fun because I've always noticed this with especially LDS people for some reason. BYU's president writes, Frankly, if they, the general authorities, concern themselves one one-hundredth as much with teachers as they do with a basketball coach, I would feel much better. <laughs> 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 and that's accurate doesn't that yeah doesn't that speak volumes oh my god oh my god i yeah. was sitting there with thomas monson and his <laughs> wife at dinner at the in the missionary building and rusty ball was two or three tables over and tommy yells out hey rusty i didn't see you at the game last night 
So yeah, yeah, it's a big even, deal. Even month, yeah, the month, the upper echelon, and they get their special little seats, you know, yeah. at the jazz games and yeah. and BYU, of course, and yeah, it's funny. That's All another right. topic. Uh, kind of, yeah. Cindy is probably. Let's go ahead and bring Cindy out, and with a big round of applause, let's invite Cindy. <laughs> hey! Wow! <laughs> Yeah, you've got some friends out there. Woo! Nice. Nice. Okay, quiet down, everybody. Quiet down. Wow. <laughs> well, have a seat there, Cindy. Welcome to the, to the show. I'm here. Yes, you are. Yes, please have a, have a COVID-friendly seat right there. <laughs> and welcome to the show. Uh, Welcome, and this is long anticipated. Cindy and I were talking, I think it was Friday or something, and I thought, what in the hell is wrong with me? We have what would be this fantastic guest who could join us, and she lives right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with me that I hadn't <laughs> thought of this before? So here you are. It's all yours, Cindy. Oh, Yes. My. Yes. Welcome. Um, yeah, I was going to say I've been your best fan. I've listened to all of your podcasts, and and um, it's Aww. they're educational and funny, and and now that uh, Hinkley is on there, you know that's that's really fun. So <laughs> I'm always <laughs> laughing when <laughs> I'm watching, listening. Oh, well, thanks. It's it's not always fun to have a person on for a threesome episode, but also it's fun when when they actually listen to the show. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, she's one of the three listeners. Yeah, it? that's right. That includes us. Now there's, only, there's only two people listening today because she's with us. <laughs> right. oh, By the nice. way, I had a funny moment. You know me and my. This is going to end up being a segment on the show. Dave at the laundromat. I was listening to uh, the anti-Mormon one that we did, and just cracking up. And there was another guy in there, and he's looking at me like, what the fuck? What is so goddamn funny? I'm just standing there just cracking up yeah. listening to that podcast. So, yeah, we, we're entertained by our own stuff. That, isn't that convenient? That's the whole reason we did it, Cindy. Cindy, tell, tell us what happened in your life that led you to eventually uh, joining the Mormon Church. Okay, so I jotted some things down. So um, yeah. when I when I was uh, growing up, we didn't have any religion or church or anything like that. But God was used to threaten and punish. Okay. And the mm. devil was used to frighten. And so wow. um, I think that's been my quest is to actually really find out what this God character is because of the false things that they may have said or you know i don't really know so i kept you know I, I went on this quest of trying to find god basically but okay i wanted to find the goodness in god mm -hmm. but i'm not quite sure because of the fact that where i'm at now it's not really i don't really use this god word anymore right yeah and that's now, something that we sometimes ask later at least and you've already kind of started your story with that is kind of a, gl a quick glimpse to where you ended up in your journey so far, mm -hmm. which is you're not quite sure, you know, about this this God 
character even existing in the way that people generally teach. And, you know, another thing that really, just to mention it, that really caught my attention there already, Cindy, and what you said is as a child, God and Satan both were used, it sounds like, in negative ways, not positive ways. Right, right. Both of them. (laughs) You know, God to threaten and and Satan to fear, right? Yeah, right. And this speaks to the goodness inside of you, Cindy, because regardless of and I know your background, Cindy, and I spent quite some time together doing some pretty intense work, and you didn't see any goodness, but you knew it must exist somewhere. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. That's because it existed in you. Ah. Ah. Yeah, so <laughs> we can wrap up the um, show right there. We're done. <laughs> no, right. But I, you know, I could, like as a, as a child... I think we're, we all come in with this love and I, you know, love my parents, even though they were horrible. Um, I love them. And it was just like, I'm, I was always trying to, I don't know what I was trying to do, like put, put love on them or send them love or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, and so it seemed like they could never receive that love. You know, they, it was like they either pushed it away or when I was trying to send them love, they would use this evilness to push the light or love away. So it was just such a horrendous childhood. It's kind of like unrequited love. Unrequited. So you, in a sense, were throwing up a mirror and, and they didn't want to look in that mirror and see who they really were. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. That's a good way to put it too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's, that's what I was doing and they would never look or or they would look and just not like what they saw. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not like that goodness. They wanted to be Mm -hmm. bad or they wanted to be horrible. Interesting. I don't know why, but yeah, that's what they were raised. And I had generations, many generations of, um, Mm -hmm. of this and, um, and so what I've been doing now is healing, you know, work for my generations up and down. So for my grandkids and, and yeah. for, you know, going up as far as back as the healing can go. And, and Cindy, I don't know where you want to uh, plug this, but you definitely need to mention the books you've written, eight of which are about your experiences growing up in the seventh circle of hell. It's <laughs> right. And right. then, and then, some beautiful books about healing. Yeah, yeah. let's mention and, those. At, let's mention those as we wrap up our conversation okay. for the audience, because I think that's a that's spot on, Dave. I think we should mention that and give a shout out to Cindy for the work she's put into those things to share with others. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, Cindy, as you as a child are pursuing this. You know, you have this natural childlike love within you. You want that in return, which, again, I think is natural. As you grow up, God and Satan are figures spoken of, but in negative ways. And so when did you start, you know, was it when you were a teenager? Or when was it when you started pursuing organizations, if you will, that you thought, hey, maybe this is my avenue to find this? Well, my older sister, six years older than I was before she died, she died in 1980. Mm. And she was 
always going to some meeting or going somewhere uh, and dragging me along. So that kind of started when I was like, I don't know, maybe 18, 19. Okay. You know, for a while. And mm -hmm. um, I was always upset that she was taking me to these different meetings and born again Christians or um, just, you know, any group. And it, I have all these stories in my book, you know, it's like all the horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, like I, I would pass out or I mean, just whatever, because all of the stuff that happened when I was a kid would come up and I didn't even know because I had blanked everything out. And yeah. Yeah, and so she'd take me to a meeting, and you know, I'd either pass out or something. I don't know, but uh, uh, so it started around that time. But then, when the the horrible stuff was happening, was actually 1967. So when you were just talking about that's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and <laughs> when I was 12, I would have been 12 at that point. Yeah. So yeah, and that's when my we went to church, and it was the United Church of Christ, which is. Um, Protestant has a Lutheran background, mm -hmm. right. and that's when they met the Reverend, and uh, they started doing the ritual abuse, and uh, the um, Bible was used, but they twisted it all up to be evil. Mm. Not during church, like um, he would do. The Reverend would do church on Sunday, but during the week, whenever he would do with my family only, and then little by little, it was just me or just me and my younger sister and Crazy. he would read from this huge bible and uh and twist everything up yeah and so yeah. when i would read the bible i was i just you know i couldn't even do it yeah it, was, it, it, it would be you know. reminiscent of yeah what he had done that's crazy so so yeah. satanic ritual abuse has existed on the planet probably from day one not under that title but it is exactly that it's the taking of something that was meant as good or for good twisting it to your own evil purposes so cindy let's let's not minimize that and we don't want to dwell on it too long but how many young people died a lot a lot <laughs> um, in, okay. in the eight books that i have not all children um i think it's up to 90 something um, 90? And that's wow. 90. Wow. Some of it are, are adults. I mean, this is over my whole lifetime with both yeah. my mother and father being yeah. serial killers, basically. Wow. You know, that's what they did. And yeah. so, yeah. but I had it broken down, you know, into different uh, categories, like how many children, how many, you know, teenagers, you know, things like that. But um, yeah, but I don't have that. With me. No, well, that's, I, I'm, yeah. I'm uh, wanting to again not minimize what it was that you went through which ignited i or or furnished or whatever the word is this this intense desire again some some particle of you deep down knew god this this isn't normal and there's got to be something good somewhere so uh at what age were you when you pursued scientology in 1985, um, when I was like 30, I was going to get married and he wanted to, well, anyway, I had been married before when I was young and had my son and then uh, we got divorced and then I was getting married for the second time and he wanted to get married in the church and that was 1985 and he's, he was Catholic or still is and he wanted me to join the Catholic church so we could get married in that church mm. and so I started taking the classes little by little, I was not liking it. And so I never finished 
but um, <laughs> so we never did get married in the church, but uh, a lot of drama trying to get married in the church. Yeah. And then um, I saw when I went into the Mexican restaurant, they had a bar and um, there's the priest, you know, drinking and smoking. And I, you know, to me, that, <laughs> that, was, hilarious. that was like weird. <laughs> and they were saying he would, you know, the priest was the one teaching the classes and he was saying things like praying for your kids before they go to school or something like that. And he's, he was saying, and, and Alma sounds like the LDS church. He was saying, oh, well, women used to not be able to do that for their children. And so it was like this, you know, uh, women lower class thing that was speaking sure. up. And maybe the younger generation of priests wouldn't say that, but he was older. Mm -hmm. And so he was, and so in it just everywhere, it seemed to come up. And so I just was not liking it. So I didn't do that, but um, we did get married. And so I had two more kids. And then every once in a while, you know, we would go to the Catholic church, but that was, I don't know, that was hard, hard yeah. to go to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when they have the big Jesus hanging with the um, blood dripping right. down, like that, that's really rough. Um, and the, so, the, the stations of the cross, it's, yeah. like, it's like they're worshiping his death. Yeah. It, it's really fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah it is, <laughs> is kind of morbid. Yeah, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, I was thinking if yeah. he had a car accident, you know, would they, they put a big bloody car wreck up on the wall? You know? <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> so you yeah. had this stint in the Catholic Church. That wasn't a very pleasant experience. I mean, you didn't end up getting married in the Catholic Church, but there was occasional... I got married, I got married in a um, gazebo. <laughs> perfect. Hey. Those are perfect so, 80s wedding yeah. but not in the catholic church but um so and then um my kids got baptized when they were babies in the catholic church mm -hmm. and uh mm -hmm. only because you know it was a big catholic family and you know his side was a big catholic family and that's what you do and you don't um not do that and so yep that's what we did and uh so then after after i got divorced of course i mean we didn't go very much he he was kind of the one the type of person that would get um you know church on uh christmas, christmas. Yeah. yeah and christmas maybe Eve. easter maybe easter yeah, yeah. not really easter well no. not even easter oh my gosh come on but, <laughs> but um it would be like um the the other one was um ash wednesday uh-huh yeah you that's know, a big one yeah. Good, good Friday. All, day, yeah all day long he would have the ashes on his forehead yeah it's and, oh, and weird to cool. prove to prove that he went and everybody was trying to get the dust off his face and he's like no 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 that's from my you know, uh, you know whatever, whatever meaning it was for him how very so, hindu of him <laughs> yes isn't that interesting he was opening up his third eye so yeah. um so yes yeah, so, um so then in uh 1996 um i got into scientology oh, of, and i was okay. 41 at that time and my kids were of age to be able to uh, do some of the the um learning technology that they had mm -hmm. and so um i was in that for like about a year and a half and i was walking in north hollywood i was walking down the street and they came out of their little building office you know it was just like a strip mall type of thing and asked and they were talking to me about scientology and they said that they had ways to clear my past mm -hmm. and so that's why i was 
interested in that. And when I was 35, so it would have been before this, I started getting memories back mm -hmm. of what happened. And so I had repressed everything and then I started getting all these memories. And so that would have been six years into that. And then I, I was just so done with all of the memories that I thought, oh, you know, that's, that's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And so um, it wasn't like some of the things that you had to do that, you know, it, it costs so much money. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and if and you... It, it increased as you progressed, right? Each new class or level was even right. more money, right? Yeah. Right. And we yeah. only did kind of like the learning technology and the communication class. And my kids were learning how to use the dictionary, learning how to, um, yeah. you know, yeah. work grammar. Um, and they became really good, um, uh, like in, in their class, they were, you know, writing and able to do things. And so, you know, super smart and in, in school and, and it really helped. And, um, and they're both, they're both very bright today. I mean, it, yeah. what I, I've met them both and yeah. very bright young yeah. people. Yeah. And they were enjoying the classes. I mean, you just kind of go to the, um, I didn't ever think it was a church, but you kind of just go to the classroom and it's really not. You do your <laughs> course, you know, you do your course, and and then you what, whatever it would be that you're doing, and so they kind of enjoyed it, and so I did work on several things to clear, and there was two ways to clear. One, you hold the cans and you get the e meter, yeah, and mm -hmm. yeah. I did some of that. They were just trying to show me what a sample would be so I could buy that program. And it was very fascinating. The e-meter was very fascinating to me. And when you, when a thought would come across, the e-meter would jump, you know, and, and then they would say, what was that thought? And I thought it was really good because then I would say that thought. And then I don't know what, so just by talking about it, I guess you clear it. And then yeah. you could see the mass, they called it, that they readjusted the e-meter. And the mass is now off of me that of that thought yeah so i actually lost weight you know <laughs> um and you know from the e-meter uh so yeah um, it's a it's a parlor the, trick the, the netflix scientology show explains it a lot more yeah it does um, yeah yeah, yeah was, but it didn't make me feel any better mm -hmm. you know they said yeah. the, the e-meter said that i was lighter but um i was not sounds, feeling sounds like almost some basic psychotherapy you know well let's get this out sit on the couch let's yeah. talk it over and and of course you feel better when you're uh, outletting when you're talking but it doesn't remove <laughs> it doesn't remove well, it yeah, yeah so you and, you saw then, through um, the parlor trick which was basically you, yeah, yeah you saw through it well, i mean you thought that it was working but you felt you would have felt differently if it was working, right? So you're like, wait a minute. Right. Yeah, something's right. But not. But because of the know. fact that I needed to go to Clearwater or this flagship or, you know, whatever, to do mm -hmm. more, I wouldn't feel it until I did all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then because wow. I couldn't afford it. So they dangled the it, carrot. So, yeah. yeah, they're dangling that golden carrot, man. Yeah. Wow. That's, and, that's, well, yeah. and because I couldn't afford it, that's when they would want you to eventually become a, a member and then you you work and but that's when your kids get sent away and so that's i didn't right. know any of this until you know afterwards maybe some of the stories coming out but just recently by watching the you know like mm -hmm. we were saying the netflix show um i was i was i didn't even think of the e-meter as an interrogation thing mm -hmm. um you know so the things that i thought were good they're sitting there talking about that is not good and i'm still in that frame of mind 
that it was good. And when they started saying the different things, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I still think that whatever happened, it, somehow I brought that on, mm, you know, and, yeah, um, or, yeah. so I got kicked out of Scientology. <laughs> kicked and, out, and that's funny. I got kicked out. <laughs> Yeah, because you can not uh, I don't know why that's so funny. It's, it's like just, yeah. we should have a special reward. <laughs> I have so, to. I have to ask you this well, piece, Cindy. Um, when yeah. you say kicked out, I assume it's because you know you didn't have the money, right? And they're like, no, and you weren't no, willing to send your no. kids away or whatever. But like, no. did they suggest, as they have to many people, well, that's okay if you don't have the money, just use this credit card. Like, well, I, a lot of that, a lot yeah, of that, they would right. follow me out to the car. I would tell them I didn't want mm -hmm. to um, do it because I don't have any more money. And, you know, I was divorced, at, you know, with two kids at that point. My son had gone to college. Mm -hmm. My younger son, had, I mean, my older son went to college and I have my two younger ones with me and I, as a single parent and they want me to spend all this money. And so I would say, no, I can't do it. And they would follow me out to the car. You know, and you know, would not give up. They said they have ways to to get me a new credit card um, if I had maxed out the other ones. And they wear you down until you just say, "Okay, fine." You know. And so it was actually a good thing that I got kicked out because I, I would have just kind of like like you kind of like deer in the headlights. You know, you're just like, "Huh? Okay, well, uh, I don't know." You know, it's like you yeah. get like like in a trance almost. You know, Do you see, with, without jumping ahead too quickly, the parallels between a lot of that craziness and what you ultimately discovered in the Mormon Church? Um, so what's major the, yeah. parallels. The, it's all the, it's all the same thing. It's you know, all the my, same yeah. thing. Thank you. I was, yes. Yeah, I from my childhood to the Catholic Church to Scientology, then I got into the LDS Church, and then we went to the Peace Gardens, and then Spiritual Center. Center for Spiritual Living, and yeah. then, and now like I'm doing, um, you know, yoga classes and meditation. So it's like it's all the same thing. And so um, I told a friend of mine. I said, I don't know why I'm always attracted or somehow sucked in by cults. <laughs> <laughs> and so she she was saying that all religion is cult uh, a cult, you know. Right. And so um, uh, anyway, attracted it, law of attraction. You know, I, I was trying to right. figure out what, what right. I was doing to bring it in, and and it's it's all been um, stepping stones, and it's all good, and it's all learning experiences That's ultimately you know, yeah yeah but it's i mean it, it's real hard to go through but i've learned a lot and if i had come in wanting to learn about religions you've done like, it yeah <laughs> you get an a plus, girl you get an a plus <laughs> and you were saying to understand it is to be liberated from it yeah so so then you know whatever i was doing in um, what i'm doing in this uh lifetime is being liberated from religion by by getting to and, know the religions, well, let, and that's that's worthy of an entire lifetime in my book. So you left Scientology. Well, I got kicked out because my ex husband was upset. My kids were involved, and uh. so um, you know, at the he called the police when we were doing the dictionary class. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> or, or grammar class or whatever it was. He called the police, and, and well, he. He called Scientology, and I'm sorry, he said he was going to call the police. He didn't call the police, but he said, if you keep teaching my kids, I'm going to call the police. Yeah. So then they couldn't teach us anymore, and I got called in basically like to the principal's office, and they said I was P PTS, and that's um, the potential trouble source. Ah, uh, right, so, right. <laughs> because, 
because I couldn't stop him from harassing us, um, then I was the trouble. And so it's your um, fault. It's your fault. Yeah, you couldn't stop my, a suppressive person, so you were a potential trouble source. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because I was being suppressed. Right. Nice. And so they couldn't they couldn't help me. That's um, some that's some real mind fuckery right there. That is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and but it was actually a good thing and you know, just recently well, when I was watching that show yeah. <laughs> it's like when I was watching the uh, Scientology on Netflix, I was like the I felt like I should call him and tell him thank you because if I had continued um, who knows where I would have just like in a trance said, okay, bad news. You know? yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I did um, have to file bankruptcy because they pushed me financially over the edge. And so then I get out and I, uh, and they don't care about my finances. And so um, right away, my sister had just gotten um, some missionaries coming over to her house and, um, and she got baptized and then she sent the missionaries over to my house. Ah. And so, um, so and that was it, your exposure. Was, that was your first exposure to the Mormon church was through the missionaries. Yeah. And it was, again, I felt so bad because I, you know, I thought I was going to get clear, didn't get clear. And so they said when they came over that they could clear my past mm. you know, by, with baptism. <laughs> Which baptism. I, which I don't, yeah. I don't remember ever saying it that way as a missionary. I guess it could have been construed to, to mean that that you you're washing away sins. the The difference is, it's not your sins that need to be washed away. <laughs> it's everybody right, right. else's yeah. that sin against you. My God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but they, wow. they actually brought um, a lady that was in her seventies. And she said that she had a very, I don't know what you call it, seated past. And, and um, she, you know, just two years before when she was talking, this would have been 1998. And I was 43 at that time. And mm -hmm. so she was telling me, you know, that when she got baptized, it cleansed her, all of her stuff. Um, oh, and, and, okay. and they said it, they, <clears throat> they said it in their way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. So I'm, I'm putting it in my way, but they said it in their way. And so I was, again, I felt like I was in some kind of weird trance or uh, what is it called? Like being hypnotized almost mm. or maybe playing on my um, whatever. Emotion. I like, yeah, that I needed. I mean, I think they get in there and they say, you know, they find out what you need and then they go for it, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. That's my mission president's motto, by the way. He taught us missionaries, find the need and fill it. Mm -hmm. Think oh, yeah. about that. That's nothing but a corporate slogan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost yeah. like an MLM strategy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so they, you, yeah. So you and they got, were such cute, cute. Um, what nineteen-year-old boys? And, oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and then this older woman, and I'm and I just fell for it, you know. Mm. And so um, we, you know, they, they took me to church and this woman was singing next to me in the Relief Society and I was crying because it was just so sweet and, you know, it's like everything was good and, mm. and, I, and I was raised with such negative things and so I just felt like it was all so good and they were all, I was seeing what I wanted to see, you know. Of course, there you, and, you just said it, yeah. Yeah, and I oh. was seeing all these good things even though then my stomach was turning and thinking, well, he's got a really mean frowny face. I don't get it, but, but he's in the church. And so he's got to be good. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's it's so, funny. Um, so you, you know, like, Cindy, you got baptized, and was that what you're saying is kind of like the first? I don't know. I could use the word red flag or the question mark, whatever. Like, was the baptism experience itself the first thing that made you start to question because you didn't feel like you got that washing away that you wanted? Oh, no. No, no because I felt really good afterwards, and I felt like I was floating on a cloud. Yeah. Awesome. And, yeah. You know, after I got baptized. Yeah. And so um, I felt like I had done something good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that, you know, we were in white and I was cleansing my soul and, you know, I, I, I felt like I was doing something really good. Yeah. And so I was, I was in the church for 12 years before I started seeing things or, or listening to my gut or, you know, thinking, you know, this, something is not right here or something. <laughs> you know, so, what were you know, some of those I, things? What were some of the things that made you start thinking, wait a minute? Well, like the things that they would be talking about like in different classes and mm -hmm. you know my stomach would turn doctrinally or like what i don't i i'm not quite sure exactly but like you'd be like i'd be in the relief society and they would say something like and you know my face would go down like eh, you know right yeah. <laughs> you know and, yeah, I, and, get, it, I get your point it's not really that critical that you recall exactly what was said it was how you felt about yeah, exactly what exactly yeah. i i okay. definitely I definitely feel it, remembering the feeling rather than the words and everybody else seemed to really like it. And so when I would look around the room, I would think, okay, I'm supposed to smile at this, you know, but I'm feeling yucky, yeah. you know? And yeah. so um, it's, it had so many years of that, but then my kids were involved and they had all these activities and um, I would course. go with them on all the activities because, you know, like at, at the church, because I, I didn't want to leave them, you know, so, by themselves. And so I would, I would always go. And so were your kids baptized? And, yeah, they were baptized along with me. Okay, so you all got baptized as a family, and so, so you had these feelings like, eh, something's just not working for me here. I mean, what was? Did you have a situation, Cindy? Like a lot of people say, where they had like this, their shelf broke, and they're just like, yeah. I gotta leave, or was yeah. it just this? Yeah, what was exactly. That, what was that for you? Well, and this is really weird because again, I stay in in abusive situations that's what i do yeah <laughs> with me for two and a half years for hell's sake oh man yeah i mean talk, talk about abusive I mean, yeah come on like, um before i i was in uh, california and before i left and i was going to go to the salt lake area the bishop well my my sister um i don't i don't know how she I don't know if I was talking about it. I don't know how she did it, but somehow she went to the stake president because she was in the same um, area and told them that the stuff that I was getting, because I was, um, by that point, I would have been like uh, eight years of, of getting memories and I was still getting memories. I'm still getting memories now. But um, they, she told the um, stake president that my stuff isn't true and that I was making things up and that it was crazy. Oh, wow. And I don't know why she did that. Um, I don't, I, I can't remember what, the reason was, and then he went to my bishop, and my bishop was screaming at me with bulging veins and uh, red face, and because I wanted to move to the Salt Lake area because um, my son was going to go to BYU, and um, I I didn't want to be that far away from him, and so and my other son, you know, had already finished college, and he was in the San Jose area. He's still a uh, professor, right? Yeah. Today, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, a, he's a philosophy professor. Smart and kids. So, yeah. And so 
um, I went to, I wanted to move and he was so mad. He was screaming and he's like, Why? you're not going to be able to make Why? it. And, well, I, I, there was a, a friend of mine. It, it was a guy. I wasn't interested in him and he was going to help me move and help me get started in that area. And he said, it's really easy. You just do this, this, and this. And so he was mad. He thought I was going to be with that guy, but he was not any, I, I, he wasn't anything I wanted to be uh, wow. with. Um, so weird he was a control freak he's a control freak yeah and Uh, so then i went to yeah instead of thinking oh that this is a big red flag i need to get out of the church i just went to a different area thinking i would get a better yeah (laughs) better bishop yeah yeah so 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 then one of the other things that i thought maybe in in the back of my mind when i was getting involved um with the church was that somehow they would be able to help me get things resolved. And so for my childhood, mm-hmm. and I thought there was, um, uh, there's still the, the, the evidence that I wanted to find. And I'm still trying to do that some kind of evidence. And I didn't have any money at the time. And so I thought maybe there would be somebody in the church that was like a private investigator sure. that could, you know, um, somehow, um, help me out. And, when I went to in Salt Lake area, when I went to the bishop there and his first counselor, whatever they, and I was talking to them and telling them the situation. And at that time I was saying, I don't know if I'm crazy or not crazy, but I really want to find some evidence. Right. And I don't know if they keep records like of the bishop from the other area, um, him screaming at me and whatever. I don't know if they keep records like that, but they said they didn't think it happened. Oh. <laughs> and so, and so they they took me to the stake president, and he said, "I don't know what you want to want me to do for you. I mean, what do you want?" That's you know, because so- they they are impotent and have no power to really help anybody with anything except maybe mow the fucking lawn. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for that. Yeah. I just yeah. Well, it does why. depend. It does depend it's- sometimes on the ward, right? Like if you had moved into a ward that my wife and I lived in in South Carolina, you would have had one of the guys in the ward was actually literally in the FBI. Oh, yeah. And he had See, been like for. in an anti-terrorist yeah. unit, right? So you were just kind of hoping to network, right? You're like, hey, does anybody exactly. in the stake, do you guys, are you aware of anybody in the stake that could pull some strings or give me some info or help out, right, in some way? Yeah, right. Because right. there's a, a wide swath of membership, right? Like there's people who are lawyers and law enforcement and doctors and, you know, of all walks of life. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's, that's what I was looking for. So you just and, got like some losers right. for bishops and stake presidents because they're like, <laughs> what do you want? Like, well, what do you think yeah. I want, idiot? <laughs> exactly. And the, the first counselor, his father had been a, a therapist. And he, and, I, and I, he said that he felt like that I had some kind of therapy, because I did have a therapist for a short time. He felt that the therapist had put stuff in my head. And I was like, how, how would he put all these horrible stories? Yeah, dude. How would yeah, she, I mean, thanks. Yeah. I, I had three different therapists, uh, um, a guy and two, two women, um, over the, those, that period of time. And I was like, how, how could they put that in my head? I have details of the story, and um, I have the emotions and the feelings. And, you know, sometimes emotions and feelings doesn't mean that's true. <laughs> Oh, imagine but, um, that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so um, I was having such a struggle with that, believing it myself. I, you know, I'm still having, I mean, I, I think I'm probably pretty much 
99.9% believe in myself right now. But if I had some evidence, I still, I, I would feel so much better. But everywhere I turn to look for something like a newspaper article or something like that, you know, it just, it's just not there. Mm. And I, and I, um, I don't know if it's timing, if it's God's will or whatever it could be. But <laughs> it's happening. I heard a little facetiousness so, when you said God's will <laughs> in your voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but the last straw was I started getting, when I was 35, you know, before all of this, I stopped going to my therapist and I started doing alternative healing. Mm. And so um, that helped me a whole lot more than the therapy did. So I was doing different alternative healing. I took massage classes, I took uh, reflexology. Um, and then I just when I was up in the Salt Lake area, had heard about uh, Reiki and doing hands on healing. And so I took that class. And I didn't think I had to talk to anybody about that in the church and tell them. Oh, spiritual but... healing is bad. <laughs> Energy. They just came out with an article. I should have talked about that in the LDS Church News, not an article, a, a policy against uh -huh. energy healing. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I'll have to look that up for our okay. next episode. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well I, don't, Mark, I, yeah. I supposedly, you know, there's another group of Mormons that are doing all of this. That's uh, one of the reasons, yeah, is that they brought yeah. the policy out. Is, uh, this isn't okay, guys. Stop. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's not good. Yeah. So, so the Relief Society uh, president, I can't remember what was happening. Why I went to her, I think it was still the same thing. You know, it's like, please, somebody help me. Yeah, yeah. and um, she, and I was telling her what I was doing. I was I was taking Reiki, and I was I was reading the book, um, "Feelings Buried Alive Never Die." And, great um, book. Great yeah, book. Yeah, and and she said, "Oh, don't read that. Don't read stuff like that." And, and don't do this hands-on healing because that's, you know, against the church. But like I said, there are people that do that now. And, um, but at that time, and, and you're saying that they're going back to not doing it. Yeah. But, well, um, yeah, they, the church has always been against anything that would make you think there's power elsewhere than the priesthood. Of course. Yeah. It's a, it's so simple. It's a yeah. threat. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah, because then you don't get your priesthood blessings or, right. or you know, whatever. Um, and so I think that was it. And then um, I didn't like that at all. I mean, that was the straw of that telling was, me, yeah. like, I, so, I felt like, it, should we burn the books, you know? Did, um, you, did you actually stop attending at that point or when did no, you? No, no, oh, I didn't. Okay, okay. I started crying. Uh, and okay. so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I um, was going to the temple and and um, crying. I was going to the um, you know the church uh, meetings and crying, and I couldn't figure out. My my kids had gone uh, to college and on a mission. You went on a mission, and um, and so I was you know an empty nester. But I didn't like the church anymore because it's like the only reason why I felt like I it, the pool was there was for my kids. Yeah, and mm -hmm. um, and then it just wasn't serving me anymore and then for her to yep. tell me not to do what i felt i wanted to do and then crying it's like i just couldn't figure out why i was crying and then so then i started going to only two classes instead of three because <laughs> I, would leave, I would leave crying and then i would yep. i was only going to one class and and i would still be crying and then finally i said you know i'm gonna just cry at home you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not funny. It's not funny, yeah. except I, I did the same thing. I, I quit going to sacrament. Well, I, I would show up and then I'd grab 
and we'd go look at construction sites and I'd teach mm -hmm. him about construction and machinery. And he yeah. was, he was bored out of his mind at yeah. sacrament meeting. And then I quit going to priesthood and then it was the whole shebang. Just why, why am I even going here at all? So yeah, I, I get yeah, that. Exactly. It, yeah. And so I had moved from the Salt Lake area to St. George. And so my sister was living here and uh, she's not here. She moved to Missouri to be with the, uh, the chosen area in Missouri. Zion. Um, so she, <laughs> the New Jerusalem or Zion. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. She went there. So, um, but she wanted me to move uh, here and I, I stayed at her house. And I, that's when I started going to the Peace Gardens. And, and, I, and uh, that's I had, when you met me. Yeah. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and so that um was what 2010 2011 somewhere around there and um mm -hmm. so cindy did I you stopped, yeah go ahead sorry finish your i was just i stopped going to the church and then i started going to all these different groups of that were doing healing yeah. work yeah. and yeah. so my sister was fine with that and i had my massage table in the middle of the living room and anybody that came over we did healing work on them and and um you know, we were practicing and she was, you know, all for it. And her husband was, you know, there and he probably thought we were nuts, but, you know, we did healing on him and her kids and her neighbors and, and we were having fun. And then her kids, her adult children that are in a church um, found out about it and that I was leaving the church and, and she was kind of too. So she, they were saying that to get me out of the house because I was evil. And, um, and so there was a big drama and, my sis sister did kick me out on Christmas Eve. And oh, so no. um, I was basically homeless. And so, and then my kids turned against me too, because her kids said that I was horrible because I was leaving the church and, mm. wow. and starting to recruit um, the rest of the family. Mm. So and, um, this is the price that we pay the cost, if you will. Yeah. 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 Well, and in your so case, it sounds like that, that because your kids were still active and, and she had a couple that were active at least. And, and yeah. so it sounded like the, the second generation was the kind of impetus for what happened with you, where your, your, your sister sounds like she was questioning too and maybe starting to leave, but like she fell on the side of her kids to support right. them saying, oh, get her out. And so, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I lost all my friends. And so I didn't, I, so then the Peace Gardens, I started making new friends and, and they were all like, like-minded, you know, that all, all wanting to do uh, healing work because I mean, you can pray about it so much, but you do have to, I feel, you know, I do have to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so um, I learned every different healing technique there is was and i'm sure there's more but you know i just I, I had been pursuing alternative uh, ways of looking at reality and then later looking at the alternative healing when i met you and you were into it heavy and we started some really deep meditation which facilitated all the work that you and i did together and the beginning of you writing what became eight volumes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I have I have the um, holistic heart healing book um, that I put all the different healing techniques that I learned. So I put that in there. So I actually have ten books right now, and then another one waiting. Uh, it's called Finding Evidence, but I haven't found it yet. <laughs> it's waiting. <laughs> so the, it's waiting. <laughs> <In the wings. laughs> 
So, and Sally, the, you're, way, this, the, the holistic heart healing book, I must, I must add a shameless plug, and there's no shame. Uh, <laughs> it's very comprehensive for anyone who's just like, well, what is all this stuff? There's yeah. the book. There's the book to buy. It's it's very complete, comprehensive. Well, yeah, let's written. talk about yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your books. I want to know. So, did you just stop attending the church? Did you officially request for your records to be removed? Yeah, I just stopped going when I came here. Um, you know, to St. George. Yeah. Um, because I don't think I could have done it if I was up in that area. Yeah. Um. Because they come to your door, you know, to your door all the time, and they, and you know, the friends they start putting you in a trance and talking you back. So, mm. luckily, I came down here and they didn't know where I was. <laughs> and um, but a few um, have knocked on my door, but yeah. um, I just tell them I'm doing something else right now. And yeah. then we sent a letter in to church yeah. headquarters simultaneously. Yeah. Our letter of resignation. Resignation. That was how many years ago? Nine. What was uh, it, like, um, maybe 2012? Yeah, yeah. Like that? And, and we both looked at each other like, what the hell took us so long to finally do this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and, so it, and it, it was a lot of energy. Like, um, I don't know, you know, it might sound weird, but I don't know if they have curses or weird energy on people leaving because it's like I had such a hard time, such a, a lot of um, energy to to clear it was like it's almost like um you know once i got out of the church it was like all this crap came down on me and just like flooded mm. me but well, it wow. wasn't like like any kind of guilt for leaving the church or anything like that it was like somehow some kind of voodoo shit yeah, well, god, exactly. god was punishing like, you cindy god was punishing you for leaving his true church exactly and, and that and that's what they would say but it almost <laughs> felt like um, they were sending me negative energy, and so I had to do a lot of clearing to be able to not receive that. Yeah, and you know, um, again, and, that and was they were, awful. they were, because I yeah. we were, recall being active. The worst thing ever is someone who apostatizes, and yeah. so yeah, they are putting that out energy. there, that piece of shit. I can't believe it, and they're sending sending yeah. that energy. Yeah, there's definitely. a lot of negative energy. It, so, it, I it mean, definitely you, felt like that. You had some cost associated with family that you've had to face in leaving the church. Is your sister, was she still on that path of thinking about leaving or did she, did she go back and be active now or? Well, they, they moved to Wisconsin and um, she was out of the church and she started going with her husband's sister to a Christian church that ah. had music. She, she's a musician and a singer. So she liked that. But then they moved to Missouri, and so I don't know what, what she's doing. And we're not talking right now because she keeps telling me that this stuff never happened. Uh, and right. um, and, and so helpful. she, yeah. yeah. So I told her, I don't know if I told her this, but th what I feel like is when she, you know, wants to to not be in denial and she wants to, yeah. you know, help me out yeah. rather than to be against me. You know, yeah. you know, telling the family that I'm crazy and that you know this stuff never happened i mean she's telling everybody in the family that and so it's like i don't even well don't she's built she's building a support system to support her conclusion which is i yeah. don't want to look at it yeah, yeah I, exactly. I am that's, not strong enough i'm not as yeah. strong as cindy and yeah. i'm not putting her down perhaps she realizes what 
she's going to have to go through to look at that stuff. Well, or even subcon- even know. subconsciously, right? Like when when things like that start coming to the surface, we kind of have built-in instinctual defense mechanisms that push against that, right? And don't want that mm-hmm. to really be real. And so right. we're willing to make up stories and just pretend it's not real. I and mean, that's a lot less painful, right? Oh hell yeah. So well, and she you know, basically you know, she's like she's willing to do that to save herself and whatever the saying is, throw me under the bus. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. She's willing to do that to save herself from looking at this stuff. And I didn't want to look at it either. I mean it's nobody it's horrible. does. Yeah. Nobody you know, would. But to me, if I don't it's like it comes up and it starts saying you know, look at me, look at me. And if I push it down again, it just makes me sick. And so um, I just, in order to be well, I had to look at it. And then I put it aside, you know, I write it out and I put it aside. And then another one would come up and say, you know, look at me, look at me. And I'd write it down and put it aside. And so it seemed to be healing in that way Mm -hmm. that instead of saying, I'm not going to look at you, I'm going to shove you back down again. it seemed to be healthier to look at it and accept it. If if I don't accept it, it's like a part of me that I'm not accepting. Yeah, and David so, and I have talked about that a lot in some you know in some of our episodes anyway. This concept of when you fight against something, in this case, to push it down to suppress you know something that yeah. happened or memory, it actually empowers that thing because you're giving yeah. you're giving it energy, you know and when you accept that it is part of you, it has happened, you're actually taking the power away from it by mm-hmm. accepting. And and it's, it's ironic. It's very simple. It's really uh, that which you resist persists. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, so she's kind of in that state. You're not sure if she's still, if she's gone back to the church. Probably not if she left it while she I was I don't know because she now got divorced and he was oh. the one that was kind of, more active. for it yeah. and so she just got divorced recently and um mm. they were going into like fist fights oh know, my gosh and, and wow. her ending up in the hospital so the cost for her of not looking at this stuff is the violence in the home yeah and and yeah. so what about her kids and maybe that, are they still her active? kids are like her her um two older children are as far as i know and then her younger son is still uh, in his 30s. He's not, but she's got two younger ones that are 18 and 17, and they just go along with whatever she says. So, mm. um, what about your kids? Yeah. Are your kids still active? The ones that were mine are my yeah. my two are, and um, but yeah. they're talking to me now, and they're I try like we do uh, not Skype but Zoom or mm-hmm. you know once a week, and I get to see the grandchildren and things oh, like nice, that. Nice. Um, and so we're talking, but we would never talk about religion or woo-woo stuff or anything yeah. like that. So, right. Um, yeah. But so, at least I'm able to communicate with them. My son is in Michigan and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So, so um, some of the immediate cost has kind of self-corrected to a degree as far as family right. relationship, stuff like that. Some of the cost is still there. Things you can't mention, things that, you know, are happening. Right. Um, and so, you know, but, okay. yeah. I was going to say, you, were, you, had, you had asked me um, where my sister was at last year, maybe. I don't know if it's been a whole year. 
she sent me a video of my father. You know, my father died in 2012, and he was saying that it was going to be the end of the world because that was the whole thing on 2012 Mm. (laughs) because it was the the end of the calendar. Right, right. Um, So so he died. Um, And but so he he kept saying it was the end of the world, but it it was his world. And so he died the third day in January uh, in 2012. Mm. But when I started getting memories, I was 35, and my sister, my younger sister, would have been um, 30. Mm-hmm. And and she started getting memories first, and so two years before that, and I didn't even know what she was talking about. Then when I started getting memories, then she we got my father to come out, and um, he was in North Carolina at that time, and um, he went to her born again Christian church. This was before her Mormon um, experience, and um, she's written books too. Um, one of hers was um, bridging the gap between Mormons and. Christians, and then she said, "Uh oh, I think I need to change the title because Mormons are Christians." So, um, <laughs> so, she, <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know what the title is now, but um, so, um, but uh, so my father came out and went to her born again Christian church, and because he's a born again Christian minister, after you know he left, I left when I was sixteen, and he, my parents got divorced, and he became a a born-again Christian minister in a Pentecostal church. And so he came out and was praying. And and the conclusion was with the church leaders that my sister had and with my father, they said that it was a devil putting into my head and, and my sisters and that she would be evil or have be owned by the devil or however they would put it if she continued to believe it. And so that's uh, when she stopped. Uh, but I, think, uh, I think that my father did some kind of brainwashing because she had some kind of experience that she told me about. And, and um, after that, it was, you know, I, I said, I told her about it a few years later and she said that never happened. So it's just so many things. It's like, so I stay away from her. So she sends me this video of my father. Um, he, when he was, oh, I, I should say after they uh, went to the morning in Christian church and said it was um, the devil, he and his new wife, left the country so they never lived in the united states anymore for like 20 something years Mm. and he went to 44 different countries saving souls Mm. (laughs) and he brought over two thousand souls to the lord is how they put it Mm -hmm. and so i'm trying to think of where i was going to tell you about uh oh the video so he was in rome and he was in the godfather movie he was um uh an extra Mm. I guess they filmed it there. So he was an extra because uh, he's Italian and he looks Italian. And um, he was the extra in the uh, wedding scene. He he was had a camera, but he wasn't the official wedding photographer. And so when the picture comes up, it's his face mm-hmm. with, you know, is my father's huge face right there. And she sent that to me because now you can get clips of different movies. Sure. And so and so so now it comes up on my feed all the time, my father's face. So that's what she did within the last year. And so I, I texted her back and I said, why, why would you do that? Why would mm-hmm. you send <laughs> my father's face? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I've sent it to all the family and all the nieces and nephews because I wanted everybody to see how handsome he was. Mm. And so, I, you know, that was within this last year. But then she just posted something on Facebook, said she's been super depressed. 
So it, it'll happen. Uh, it'll happen for her. She will go through essentially something very similar to what you have mm -hmm. if she could live through it. Yeah, and the benefit would be that I would be there for her. Right. You know? right. And so, but I think she's kind of reaching out because she hasn't posted anything, and then she posts that she's depressed. So I think she's kind of reaching out a little bit, but we'll see what happens. How how okay. we can connect. So Cindy, how about, um, about some benefits for, yeah. for leaving the church? We definitely want to leave on a positive note. It, it, the whole thing is positive because you being faced with almost insurmountable situations and uh, God, and you've, you've risen to the top every time. It's yeah. really, it's amazing. Well, yeah. Well, thanks. Um, what I, the benefits that I kind of jotted down was that I don't have to pretend anymore okay mm. big i can listen to my intuition and if it feels bad it's bad mm. you know if, if i go into the temple go. and i feel bad something's going on yeah there you know go. and Good. and Good. even though it looks like heaven and and it's you know supposed to be so beautiful something's going on if i feel bad and i'm crying you know it can be triggering me for different things but at the same time you know something's going on with the energy so not you know i can listen to my intuition Mm -hmm. And I don't have to believe things that I had doubts on, which is the same thing, you know, the same types of things. But right. I'm, I'm, I'm meaning like in the Book of Mormon and things like that, when you go, huh? You know, like, but you know, I don't have to believe those things anymore because it's like, I, I knew all of that stuff wasn't right. None of it was right. And, but I was like reading it thinking, I'm getting so much benefit out of it. <laughs> so you don't have to doubt your doubts. I, you don't have to yeah, do exactly. what Eudorf exactly. said and doubt your doubts. You can and actually then, trust your doubts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have to, you know, have somebody telling me what to do or not do, like mm. what books to read or yeah. what healing modality mm -hmm. I want to learn. Or, right. or if I've done something wrong, you know, like uh, to offend something that I didn't know what was the rules or something like that. So I, I can. That's a pretty good list of benefits. That's yeah. amazing. It's It very much outweighs right the yeah. cost yeah i mean and, as someone like you me and michael who have left i can't i don't even want to go to the place where i think about what if i had stayed i, I don't even want to go there no i, I just don't no. no. And it's gotten to the point now that you know i i've tried different meetings and center for spiritual living and it's like i can't even be i can't even listen to anybody anymore <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> healthy in a way, very healthy in, in, I mean, in a way. Caught. You know, it's like I, right, I don't know. Right. Because so, it's it's been mostly lies up until you know well, the things that you know intuitively you yeah. can trust. Yeah, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And until I can get yeah. a grasp on, you know, I believe in love, and until I get a grasp on everything, um, I'm just going to stick with, um, you know, sending out love, receiving love, and and, um, and not have to have some kind of doctrine uh, to to believe, you know, that, uh, you know, you have to be able to send out love. You know, how do you have doctrine to be able to send out love? <laughs> That's you know? oh, well said. Very yeah. well said. You're right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, wow. You know, Cindy, what a journey. I mean, and this is only bits and pieces of your story. And I think that's a good segue into your books. You did write eight books, right? On, or is it nine right. now? On Well, the... there's, there's 10, but 
um, aid on my life. Aid on the life. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and do um, you want to give the listeners, I mean, I'm going to leave it to you how much you expose about yourself in the podcast at a personal level, identification level, whatever, if you want to. Well, the books are in a different name. Oh, okay, good. So uh, yeah. tell if you want, tell the listeners about these books, these eight books. And then there were two that were kind of after, yeah, which are about healing so, and yeah. It, it kind of, I'll just say the first title and it's called Mother, Murder and Mayhem. Okay. And so, and so that, and it's by C.C. Rose, so the, you know, initial C.C. Rose is the okay. name. But I, I don't know why I did that with initials but anyway so that's the first book and then i just have eight after that they all have kind of harsh titles until the end and then it's a little bit better um and then the holistic heart healing is by cc rose also okay that's the, all the things that i did excellent that i learned and then um if you want to get into you know if you believe past lives because of all the stuff that happened when i was a kid it, it helps you develop a sixth sense and so i can do past life readings and so I put all the reading, some of the readings that I um, did on other people, not on myself. And um, so it's called Healing with Past Lives. And that's why CC was also. And it's not just to be able to get the past life, but it's to say the issue that mm. you're working on. Yeah. And then to be able to clear it. And then we do clearing work. Once we find um, the different life, then we do clearing work on it. You know, you can believe it or not believe it, but it's just another tool of yeah. some a storyline maybe that comes up to clear. Yeah, I like and that. So, so that. this these are on Amazon. You can find them. Right. Uh, and C.C. Right. Rose is the author right. name. Yeah. And um, yeah, everybody look this up. It's it's interesting. I'm still finishing up your first book because it's so intense. <laughs> I know. It's so intense. And that's not I a know. criticism to you. It's just, uh, you know, my my level of digesting because i'm i kind of find that i'm an empath in the way is insofar as like when i'm reading about someone else's stuff i'm really kind of experiencing it with them obviously not to the same level as actually having experienced right. it you know but i really feel it so i have to kind of like take breaks <laughs> right and, and that's have, how yeah. most people do they have yeah. to take a break um but yeah. some people you know maybe only need a certain uh, part of it um yeah. and then that's all they yeah. need um, well <clears throat> we did that for two and a half years or was it yeah. I, I don't know something like that basically it seemed like almost every day i mean i we would go into a meditative state we would channel one of your lives, one of my lives, and it's like, yeah. okay, what what good is that? Okay, let's say that that past life existed. I really lived it, and it, how is it helping me to resolve something in my current life? Yeah, it's yeah. mainly just just for healing something in this. Right, life. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Just to kind of officially sign off, and we can you know chat for a minute or two if you guys want after uh, thanks everybody for joining us for another threesome with cindy this time today and cindy thank you for joining us yeah and well, thank thanks you. for having me on yeah thanks for sharing your journey in a synopsis form of kind of what you went through how you got introduced to the existence of the church some of the the goodness you saw there or felt but some of the 
Scooby moments as we call as we call them. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that you're out today and you there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is light outside of the LDS church. Definitely. Yeah.